I'm Stacy Gross, and this is Two Moms Day Drinking. For nearly 20 years, Carrie Abbott lived with the presence of abuse. But Carrie grew up in the 50s and was raising children in an extremely rural area, geographically isolated from family, at a time in American culture where things like this weren't discussed and certainly were not normalized. I made my bed, Carrie said, and now I have to sleep in it. That's the story she told herself about her situation. What Carrie did differently, though, from me and from many other women in this situation, is that she didn't let that mean that she had to quit trying to overcome it. I was, I was in an abusive marriage, um, and back then, you don't tell. Mm-hmm. You don't tell people. People don't know. So um, my kids knew because they saw, but... My parents didn't live here. Mm-hmm. They lived in Green Bay. Um, so I lived in Scandia on a back road, and there was no, nobody knew. Uh, I didn't tell people. It wasn't something you talked about. I, people at work didn't know. And like I said, my sister lived up in New York State, and all the rest of my family was gone. Mm-hmm. We started dating in 1972, and we got married in 1976. Okay, so it wasn't an impulsive Nope, it wasn't impulsive. First, we lived up on top of, well, we lived at the Kanawango Apartments, Uh and then we moved up on top of Kanawango Avenue, Uh where people don't know there is an on top of Kanawango Avenue. I mean, way out in the middle of nowhere. And then from there, we moved to Scandia. Mm Mm-hmm. And you first, just kept getting farther and farther and farther away from town. Was that yep. deliberate, or was it just you both liked the more rural lifestyle? Well, the, what we found out with uh, the house on Kanawango Avenue, the woman rented it out every fall, and in the spring she would kick the people out because her brother would stay there during the summer. Oh, that's rotten. We didn't know that. That's rotten. And then oh. that, the first house we lived in on Sc- in Scandia, I really liked. I mean, it was... I didn't, the upstairs was kind of creepy, but Mm -hmm. we had the bedrooms downstairs, so it worked. Yeah. And right before Christmas of, it would have been 78, a friend of my husband's was moving out of a house on Roper Hollow that I did not like. You didn't like the house? No. And so, snowing. Yeah. So he told him, we'll move in. And I said, I don't want to live there. But it had a pond, and he wanted he wanted the pond. So mm-hmm. basically, what he did is he said, "Well, then you can stay here. I'm taking everything, and I'm moving." And like at that point, had you had everything been going well, and that was the first thing, or well, were there things I, leading up to it? We had a. My son was five and a half months old, uh-huh. and he moved me to a house. I mean, he took my Christmas tree and everything. He yeah. was going because he wanted this pond. And the house had, the furnace in the basement had no control on it. You were either hot or cold. What? He he did not like to go out and get firewood. So he would wait till there was one piece of wood left, and then he would go search people's woods and take their trees. Oh, my gosh. He would, he would, yeah. And... The, the basement would flood. Yeah. And it was creepy. Yeah. And there were, there was a presence in this house. The yeah. first bedroom that we had, I woke up 
he worked nights, so I was out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I woke up, and there was something in the bedroom with me. Oh, my me. gosh. So the next mo- the next day, I moved our bedroom out of that room, yeah. closed the door, and I never let the kids in there to play. Yeah. That's weird. Did you have any other experiences in that house? That was, uh, as long as I kept that door closed, hmm. it was okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and I very rarely went into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the house... It was old. It was decrepit. Mm-hmm. And. But there was a pond. But there was a <laughs> pond and he loved that pond. And we lived, we lived in Scandia for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. And then we moved back to North Warren. Okay. We bought our house in North Warren and yeah. I, I liked living in North Warren. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. I like North Warren. It's a, it's a nice little, you know, out of side of town, but still but, all the conveniences. You know, he had me out there. Uh, we had one vehicle. Mm-hmm. So. He would take the car. He would leave at night. And sometimes I would have to call a bar in the morning trying to find him. Because uh, I'd have to be someplace, and it's 11 o'clock, and he's not home from work. Where did he work at? He worked at the Forge. At the Forge. Yep. But he would find a bar on the way home. Oh, of course, because yeah. there was whatever was there before Grumpy's. Yeah. Uh, there was Grumpy's. There was the Cornerstone. Yep. There were all of those. Just that miracle mile through town. Yep. And the cornerstone, I go past the cornerstone and it's open. I go past there at 7 o'clock in the morning and the lights are on and people are in there. That's because the people that work night shift stop and drink. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. At 7 o'clock, I'm like, where is my coffee? I need coffee right now. You, you shouldn't You shouldn't have the, the number of a bar memorized yeah, because yeah. you're searching for your husband. That's, wow. I mean, that's a, such a small detail, but it tells so much, you know. You know the number to the bar, so you yep. can check and see if he's there. And so you you had your children with him, right? Yep, both of the both, children. Both okay. children were with him. And so did he want to have kids? Or was I, it? I think so. We both did. I knew I wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. I got pregnant way faster than I expected when I got off the pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was still and, on the pill. And when you got pregnant? Yes. There was a class action lawsuit for the actual drug that I was on. A lot of people got pregnant because there was a mix-up in how they packaged it. So the placebo week was actually packaged a week ahead. And so people were taking it as they were – but the placebo week – so I don't know. I never looked into it. It was like $2.35 I would have gotten, you know. Oh, wow. How could you pass that up? It's not even a diaper. So it wasn't really worth my time. But, yeah, yeah, I was on the pill and I wound up having twins. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So our, my kids are 17 months apart. Oh, wow. And I carried both of them 10 months. Yeah. Oh, girl. Back, back then, they yeah. they let you carry. Mm-hmm. They, did, they didn't care. If, you know, you're two weeks if you're I was a couple three weeks late. late. I was an enormous. I was black and blue, they said. Three weeks three late with weeks. twins? No, I when I was born, oh, I was three weeks born. late. Oh, okay. My mom, they let my mom go three extra weeks. I was 39 weeks and five days, and they told me 36 weeks and be ready. And I was like, it's got to happen now. <laughs> but yeah, um, at two weeks with my daughter, the doctor put me in and induced labor, mm-hmm. and she said, "I'm not coming out." She's not having it. <laughs> she said, "I am not coming I'm good. out." First time they just told me, "Oh, you have your dates wrong. You have your mm-hmm. dates wrong." Second time I knew for a fact mm-hmm. I didn't, and at four weeks late, she said, "Okay, if you haven't done anything by the end of the week, I'm putting you back in again." Yeah, and we're going to induce again. And so that night, my daughter said, hey, I'm coming out. Here she comes. She's like, all right, that's enough. All right, fine. Give up. She came, she came out in the middle of the night, and she's been a night person ever since. Really? Yes. That's funny. Aw. And how old are your kids? 40 and 41? 40 and 41. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So you were raising kids in the 70s. 
Yes. Yes. What Late was seventies? How was that different from raising kids now? Do you think? I mean. Well, in the 80s, late 70s, 80s, you could let your kids go out and mm-hmm. not have to worry about it. Yeah. In North Warren, the mailman we had mm-hmm. would, if he caught my kids farther down than they were supposed to be. He'd come let you know? He'd say, does your mother know, are you supposed to be this far, and does <laughs> your mother know you're here? And then when he stopped to deliver the mail, he'd say, I found them such and such a place. That's so so yeah. he was, you know, an excellent mailman. I've, I've, I've never had a mailman that yeah. was quite that great. Right? That's cool, though. Like, I, I feel like today we've got all the social media, and I don't, I'm not against social media. I'm a big fan of social media, actually. But it's so easy to get sucked into comparing your life with other people's. Yep. And people will highly curate their lives on social media. And so you're comparing against something that was – a fraction of a second in their life and the rest is not like yep. that but you're trying to live up to that impossible. i know people that their facebook persona mm-hmm. is not who they are right but people think that it yeah that's, that's who this person is yeah yeah it's yeah there's so much that's different i i mean i was born in 83 and even from 83 into say you know the late 90s the whole world changed right around that yep, time it did. it did you know it was a very different time. Um, did they go to school in North Warren? Yes, they did. Did they come home for lunches? They did. Did they? And, or it depended on how they felt. Mm-hmm. But I could stand on the front porch yeah. and watch them walk to school. Yeah. And That's awesome. losing the, the neighborhood schools, that was terrible. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's hard. And it's just another you know way that the world is changing. That's my cat scratching my carpet. I heard the stinker. When I vacuum, I'll have all these little carpet shreds from her. Ugh, she makes me mad. I don't know. It it The school district is a, I don't know. Everything is so different now. School district is trying to pay for all these things, you know, and so they're closing schools to try to pay for all these things. But And they, they put all those kids, the, the young kids, up on top of the hill right mm-hmm. by the high school. Yeah. Where they shouldn't be. Yeah. And the, the middle school kids are they now have fifth grade at Beatty again. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because both of my grandkids, two of them went to Beatty the same year. Uh-huh. Because one was going into fifth and the other was going into, into sixth. sixth. Yeah. So both of them went the same year and my granddaughter was upset because she didn't want to leave her youngest brother alone mm-hmm. up at Wake. At Wake. <laughs> Cuz he would he had just finished kindergarten, mm-hmm. so he was going into first grade. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the girls go to Eisenhower now, and everything is all in one school. So that's I kind of like it. Um, I kind of like having everything all right there. And they they had this really cool, um, like the cheerleaders and the football players were pen pals with them this year. So they got letters from them, and then they had family night, so the, they all got to meet their pen pals. Oh, and that's nice. It was cool. And they have days where, like, the high schoolers will come down and do science with the elementary school kids. and So that's cool. Um, so you had your kids. You were living in Scandia. And do you, I'm, I guess we kind of got off track, but was it at that point when you moved to that house, when he said, we're going to this house and I don't care, is, was it then that you were kind of like, something's not right here? I probably knew it. Beforehand. Yeah, but. But you don't. I made my bed. I had mm-hmm. to sleep in it. Uh, yes. Yeah. I completely because understand Because I that. moved in with my boyfriend mm-hmm. and I was li- mm-hmm. living in sin. Yeah. Oh, there's always that fun little component too, right? <laughs> and. So once I was in the situation, mm-hmm. it was, well, 
I did this to myself. I have to stay here. Yeah. And I did try when my son was three, almost three. He was right before his third birthday. And my daughter was like 18 months old. Mm -hmm. I said I was leaving. Yeah. And we only had one vehicle. And I went because by this point, I had already been to the doctor once because I thought he'd broken my arm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He'd pushed me off the porch before the kids had watched that. And they, when they got older, I can remember when Daddy pushed you off the porch. Yeah. And he was trying to do something, and I was holding the door, and he put the door through my arm through the door. Jeez. So, yeah, it was, you know, I knew then this was not good. Yeah. But what do you do? But So I said I was moving out, and I called my mother, because they still lived in town then. Uh-huh. And she said, well... I better tell you right now, we're moving to Wisconsin. Oh. And that's how she broke it to me. That Did your were, stomach they, just sink? Yeah. Like, they were they were moving away in a, a little over a month. Mm. And they hadn't told any of us. Oh, my gosh. So it was like, I'm stuck here. So you called her, and what did you say to her? I told her that I, wanted, I was leaving them. Mm-hmm. And back then it was, you know, divorce was a bad oh, deal. Yeah, you didn't get Shameful. divorced and you didn't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. And so they moved away and I was stuck living there. Wow. And it was, I was afraid of him. Okay, yeah. But, and he had the power, he had the control mm-hmm. because when my daughter first, I worked one day a week at family planning mm-hmm. when she was probably about a year old Mm -hmm. and then I started working full-time at CVS at the mall Mm -hmm. and he didn't like the fact that I was starting to branch out yes he did not like that but because that reduces their ability to control the situation if you have outside influences you become harder to control and then when we moved to North Warren I got a job right after we moved and that was it would have been during the summer Mm -hmm. and the next spring I was in a riding accident and yeah. I broke everything. So yeah. I had, I was in the hospital for two months. Mm-hmm. I was in a body cast for three months mm-hmm. and the forge had, the union went on strike and then they laid them off after they went on strike. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was working for somebody under the table mm-hmm. and he would go out and he'd get drunk Yeah, and he'd come home and he'd be, he wouldn't touch me, mm-hmm. but he would be, be verbally yeah. abusive. And that is so hard because it, it you start to internalize it. I did. I don't know. Not everybody does, but I sure did. I know I got really um, to the point where I believed it. Yep. You know. So skip forward a little bit. I started working at the railroad when it was in mm-hmm. town. Yeah. And then when that went out of business, I went to Woolly Industries. Yeah. And I was the assistant to the plant manager there. Oh, wow. And... So I had my own vehicle. I bought my own vehicle when oh, wow. I was working at the What railroad. did he think of that? Well, the first vehicle that I was allowed to have was this really crappy vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then I traded that in and I got a nice, uh, I was probably a couple years old. Yeah. Um, something reliable. Something, something reliable that I could, and he, he wasn't happy about mm-hmm. the fact that I was, mm-hmm. I had more, Freedom. Freedom. I could do what I wanted. Yeah. But I still couldn't do what I wanted. Yeah. You still can't. Nope. You, and that's where the, that's where I think the emotional abuse that goes along with it is, is not worse, but 
it's it's what keeps you there like yep. well it was there there was physical abuse but mm-hmm. the emotional abuse was way worse than mm-hmm. the physical abuse the bruises heal and the bones yep. fuse back together but and, your brain your well, he heart would make never... sure he would if he hit me he would mm-hmm. hit me where people didn't yeah. see yeah and it was the day that it came to the the point he had been out playing golf came home and i said something and i was in the basement and he hit me so i went upstairs i got in my at that point i had a van i got in my van and i drove away uh-huh. and where so were your kids I'm, at the time they were they were at friends houses okay. it was during the summer it was in june so there was no school they were yeah. out playing how old were they it was north warren my daughter had just finished first grade and my son had just finished they were no little... No, this would have been in 92. So my son was 16. Okay. Or tur- he turned 16 actually just a, a few days afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, he was 16 and j- was just turning 16, and my daughter was 13. She would be 14 in the fall. And so they've watched this for years. Yes. They've watched it happen. How often and how how open was it? Like, was it openly – did it openly happen in front of the kids a lot? Oh, he or? didn't care. He didn't care. No, at night it would get to the point where we would all just pray he would go pass out Mm -hmm. because then we didn't have to worry. Yeah. If he just passed out, he would snore so loud we would have to turn the TV (laughs) off. Excuse me. But um, so that day I came back. Mm -hmm. I I waited a couple hours and I came back and he was sitting in the kitchen Mm -hmm. with a gun. And he pointed the gun at my head. And that escalated quickly, right? Yes. I mean, and did you ever expect that to happen? Did you ever think it would get to that point? Or No, I knew by 1990, I knew that at some point mm-hmm. in the near future mm-hmm. that I was going to finally be able to get out of this. Yeah. Because we had gone to my parents in Green Bay for their 40th anniversary, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't go. He wanted to stay and go fishing. Yeah. So I took the kids, and we had a a family portrait done. Yeah. And I said to my sister, I said, now what's the difference in five years? He won't be around anyways. Did you, how did you feel when you looked at the picture? Was it like, I would see myself doing that and seeing a picture of me and my kids. And the one thing that I was always told is you can't, you can't do this. You're not capable. You're not, you're not capable. You're not competent. You're not able to be a mom without me. You need me. But to see a picture of the three of us without him, I think I would have been like, Huh. This was my entire family. Oh, okay, yeah. My entire family. Yeah. And it was like, by 92, I had gotten my first credit card, and mm-hmm. I didn't let him know. Yeah, oh, no, you wouldn't. No, I... I That's smart, though. A lot of people would. And I did direct deposit, so mm-hmm. I had my own checking account. That's really smart. That way, he couldn't touch my money. Mm-hmm. So, and I had a... I think I at that point, I also had... A credit union account. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to establish credit for myself. Was it scary for you to set up those resources um, without him being aware? Like, were you ever yes. like, I bet. Like, were you yes. ever terrified that he would find out? Because what do you think he would have done if he had known that you had that? Probably would have taken my credit card and used it and, mm-hmm. and maxed it out. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, he didn't have a credit card. Yeah. His credit was Shot. crap. Yeah. So that was in 92. And... In 94 is when the incident with the gun happened. Yeah. So 
I went outside, you know, he stuck the gun in his mouth and he said, well, I'm just going to shoot. Mm -hmm. And this is terrible. All I could think of was, okay, could you please just go do it in your truck so I don't have to clean it up <laughs> in my living and my kitchen? Yep. Don't so, make me clean this up. <laughs> so he had pointed the gun at my head and I grabbed the cordless phone. Thank mm -hmm. God they were cordless phones. Yeah, back then. right. I grabbed the cordless phone. I got in my vehicle. Locked the doors and I called nine one one. Did you? And they yes, came. I did. And then I hung up and they called me right back. Mm -hmm. So I told told them. And why did you hang up? Because I was still afraid of them. Scared of them. Yep. Yep. And and I so, don't ask that to make you feel like oh like I shouldn't. Have. But I'm curious because no, that's something I, I would have done too. Yeah. And I'm curious it's like, if it's no, the I same. shouldn't do this. And then I thought they called back and I told them. Yeah. So they were there really quickly. Yeah. And. As I've told people, you know, they, I say, well, these really nice men with a red light on top of their car, <laughs> they came and took them away. Yeah. And then they said that they would let me know if they were going to let him out that night. Mm -hmm. And I had already, after he was gone, I called the safe place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I had everything set up so that if they were releasing him, mm -hmm. I called the safe place back. Mm -hmm. They told me where to go and leave my vehicle. Mm -hmm. And somebody from the safe place came and met me uh -huh. and brought me to the safe house. Wow. I had got I had called gotten hold of both my kids at their friend's house. I was gonna say and I said, Do not come home tonight. Uh -huh. And I talked to the friend's parents. I said, please keep them there. Mm -hmm. I said, when I get this sorted out, I said And what were the other parents like? Because I mean, even in the nineties it wasn't something that I think a lot of people wanted to talk about, especially not with people they didn't know that well. Yeah. So what did the what did the friend's parents say? They just said, fine, they could stay there. Mm -hmm. And so the next day, one of the sheriff's deputies came and picked me up, mm -hmm. brought me to the sheriff's department, mm -hmm. and I filled out, he helped me fill out a protection from abuse. Okay. And then the judge signed it, and as soon as he signed it, mm -hmm. And it was, they told me when my husband was served, mm -hmm. they said he has been served. He knows he has a protection of, of abuse. He cannot go near you. He cannot go near the house. Mm -hmm. He said, so you're okay. And then I brought all of his guns to the yeah. sheriff's department yeah. and I gave them to them. Yeah. You take these. Here. We're all done with them. these. Someone else can play with them now. And so. How did he respond? To the PFA and, and the whole situation. What was he doing when you were calling? Was he, did he come outside after you? No, or? No, no, he didn't. He stayed inside. And he told the cops, he goes, my gun wasn't, wasn't loaded. Well, that's. But it, it probably was. Yeah. Yes. And it I'm, doesn't matter if it was. He, he wanted you to believe that it was. Yeah. So. Because it gave him the control. Mm -hmm. You know, if I scare you enough and I, mm -hmm. I let you know I'm going to shoot you, mm -hmm. then you'll just go back, back into line. Yeah. So. And at that point, he had already, if I wasn't home, I was doing something. Oh, they used to have the business-to-business -business challenge. Mm -hmm. And he stalked me. Mm -hmm. I, I was doing croquet. Yeah. But I was around other guys. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to be around other guys. Yeah. So the protection from abuse was, was signed. And when we went to the 4th of July parade that year, Very long. he stopped. He stayed just far enough away that he was, he stalked me the whole time. Did you know, like you could see him and you could make eye contact with him and you knew? No, I could feel him. You could feel him. Yeah. I knew he was there. Mm -hmm. And 
then later in the summer, I had to go to something for work. And I moved my car part part ways during that. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, my kids knew mm-hmm. because he had called them to find out what what I was doing. Jeez. How was he with the kids? He would refer to them as you effing little jerks. Wow. Um, I thought, you know, as it was building up to this, um, the only thing he called me for the last year, maybe two years, was you effing asshole. Wow. And one day it occurred to me, that's not that's what not... my mother calls me. Right? That's, wait and, a minute. And, but, but that was the only way, that was the only thing he, he, he called me. That wow. was, the, that's how he referred to me. Wow. So it, I knew everything was going to come to a head at some point. Yeah. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And he would leave me messages. Mm-hmm. And then he, he wanted to try and get back together. Mm. Let's work it he out. Would have, he change. would have people call me. Mm. And it's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. So in 95, uh, I met my now husband. Uh-huh. And so then he would leave me messages that, I was sinning against God because he was an AA now and he just traded one. Yeah, for another. For another. So he became everything. He was Mm -hmm. very religious. Yeah. Yeah. But he was still obnoxious because (laughs) he was what they call a dry drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So he left me a message on my voicemail at work one day that said, if you think this PFA means anything more than a piece of paper he said you've got to be kidding he said if i wanted to get rid of you he goes all i have to do is drive down the street while you're walking and i could shoot you that's terrifying to live like that you know i mean you'd be looking everywhere everywhere you went so i recorded it Ooh, i recorded smart from smarty pants from, from my voicemail at work i recorded it onto a recorder good for you and when my pfa was coming up after a year mm-hmm. my lawyer we went to court, mm-hmm. and he played it for the judge. Which what, Who was the judge at that time? Millen. Millen. And he played it for the judge, and the judge said, your PFA has now been <laughs> extended for a second year. <laughs> like so, when my kids are misbehaving, I put them in timeout, and they won't stop still, and I'm like, I'm going to make it 10 minutes instead of five. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a PFA for two, for two years for against two years. him. And did he ever try? Like, was there ever a point where he tried to violate the PFA aside? I mean, in- uh, even the, the phone calls? Yeah, the phone calls are a violation. They were a violation. Uh-huh. But what I did at the end of 94 is I got a private phone mm-hmm. so that he could call the kids on the regular house phone. Oh, okay. So I had two phone lines. Yeah. And my phone just went into my bedroom. So that way, if the phone rang and you knew it was him, they could just pick up and he could deal with it. And I got and caller could, ID, too. Yeah. So you could just not even have to interact. Yep, I didn't I didn't have to interact. But as the kids have gotten older, unfortunately, I have to see him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they still have a relationship with them? My daughter does. does my son will, he has an awesome relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. They're closer than he and his father. Mm-hmm. And, and. Wait, did he ever hit the kids when they were kids? Was no. he abusive to the kids? No, he no. didn't hit the kids. Just you. Just me. Mm-hmm. And so I got a phone call one day at work 
and my next door neighbor said, do you know anybody with the two-tone brown truck? And I said, yeah, my ex-husband. She said, well, he's just flying out of your house. So I got home. He was gone. Everything except uh, a chair he had broken, the couch that our Doberman had chewed on, the table he had fallen over and broken the the side of it. I love that you have a story for all of the things too. Like, it's oh, like, that's the thing he destroyed when he was drunk this time and that time. And that, yeah, you know, like, it's like, okay, you fell over drunk and you <sighs> broke the side of my table. Thanks for leaving the table. So, <laughs> so he he took, you know, anything of value out of the house mm-hmm. and he'd gone through our drawers. Oh, that's creepy. Why? Yeah, really creepy. He, he, he'd gone through our drawers and we said, that's it. The house wasn't finished on the hill and we moved in. We, we took everything we could that night, and then the next day we got all the rest of yeah. everything, except for what had to be cleaned out. The house wasn't, uh, hadn't sold yet, so after I moved out, I got hold of my lawyer, and he ended up having to pay half of the house payment. Good. Good for that. <laughs> because <laughs> up until that point, I, I was making the whole the house payment because yeah. I was living yeah. there. But it's his property. Yep. So he had to pay half of it. And Good. He, wasn't, he wasn't happy about it. Oh, that. I'm sure not. I'm no. sure not. Yeah. And anytime that they have to take any kind of responsibility for something that should be theirs to begin with, that you've been taking care of for them, it's never pleasant. Well, then the, he thought, well, if I don't sign this divorce, it'll never happen. And I still have the control. Mm-hmm. And my lawyer filed a bifurcation. Mm-hmm. And... My divorce went through without his signature on it. It's fabulous. Millen signed it. It was the last thing he did on December thirty first of nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> wow, that's such a great, um, that's such a perfect timing. It's a brand new year, and yep, everything's finalized. It was, it was and... the last thing because my lawyer said this was the last thing the judge <sighs> did for the year. He signed your divorce, and awesome. I, I don't think the house sold until the following year. But then when he did that, when we did that, we still had bills that had to be paid. And he said, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not paying We're divorced. Them. He said, sue me for it. Yeah. Oh, that's what he didn't realize was that we had had the, the taxes in probate. Yeah. Is the probate, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so the check came to back you. to me. <laughs> so I took everything he owed me. And sent him the rest, and I said, okay, you're part of the, uh, everything else is taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> Here is 35 cents. Yep. I'm have a little more of this. This is delicious. We are drinking Hungry Run Red Raspberry. Yes. It's really good. And it's 11 o'clock in the morning. This is my favorite kind of Saturday. <laughs> and so now that we have grandchildren, I have to see him, and he's, he is He's an awesome grandfather. Is he? He is. Mm-hmm. He's a really good grandfather for my grandkids. Mm-hmm. He's not the father. Mm-hmm. If he had been a father like that to our kids, would have been one thing. But he didn't do anything with them. Yeah. He didn't do anything with them. Was he resentful of the kids, do you think? No, he was too busy being drunk. Too busy being drunk. He was drunk, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now with our grandkids, he's a Cub Scout leader. Mm-hmm. And... He will take the kids out doing to do things. Yeah. And from things they have said every so often, I know he loses his temper, mm-hmm. but he's never touched them. Uh-huh. Although he did teach them punch bug, which 
the first time one of them did it to me, I said, don't you ever. I said, you can say punch bug all you want, but we don't hit. I said, we never hit. He would leave a bruise up my Mm. arm. I couldn't even move it at times because he would punch me in the shoulder with his excuse was punch bug. And he'd go with his knuckle like this so that it would go right into the muscle. And my, my shoulder would be purple. I I bet you shit your pants when the first time your grandchild did that. Yep. And I said, so they know. We can't do punch bug with Grant. I said, you can do it all you want. You just can't hit. Mm-hmm. I said, you can't hit each other and yeah. you can't hit me. Had you ever um, been exposed to any kind of, even like friends, parents, or any any kind of Never, abuse before? Ever, 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 ever. I didn't even know anybody who had parents that mm-hmm. I knew one person mm-hmm. whose parents had gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. I never knew anybody whose parents would yell and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was all a brand new experience. And that, I yeah. think, that I think is what makes it hard too, because you are in this situation and you're like, this isn't normal, but I, you don't know how to respond because you have no prior exposure no, to something like and that. you don't. And because when we were in Scandia, he had me out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. When the kids were little, I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I had no way to support myself. And the one time I tried, my parents said, they're moving. Oh, and then I rolled the vehicle. Oh, no. And he told me that was God's way of telling me that I wasn't supposed to leave him. Uh, oh, I love it when people use that to justify. And it's like, now that I'm older, it's like, how, how, did, I, how did I live with that mm-hmm. for that many years? Yeah. Because this was in, it had been 18 years mm-hmm. since we got married. Yeah. That it was actually a couple weeks before our, uh, maybe a month and a half before our 18th anniversary oh. that these nice men with the red light on the top of their mm-hmm. car came and took him away. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a nice little story. <laughs> and so my husband and I now have been together longer than we ever were. Right. And when, when I can say, you know, it was like almost 18 years mm-hmm. and we've been married 20 and we've been together longer than we ever than I was with my first husband. And do you ever second guess yourself or do you ever doubt yourself or do you, did you have a hard time, um, adjusting to a more healthy relationship? Was it a big adjustment for you? Um, if he would move quickly, I would jump and he'd say, I will never hit you because my first husband used to swing at my face Mm -hmm. and just glance off my nose and he'd say, I could just knock you out cold if I felt like it. All threats. And when I was, uh, I broke him of it for a long time. When I was walking with the cane after my accident, he did it. And I told him, you do that one more time and you'll be sorry. Ooh. So he did it. And I smacked him on the <gasps> shin with my cane. I love it. I love that you never, like you recorded the voicemail and you smacked him back, you know, and but never th- lost it was that. that was like the only time that I, I right. ever ever dared. But you never lost that spirit though. And I think that's important, right? I mean, I yep. I got to the point if the if the police hadn't arrested mine, I would still be with them because I lost the spirit, I lost the will to fight, you know. After I started slowly getting my my credit and everything mm-hmm. else and 
I never took him off our insurance. Mm -hmm. I never took him off the joint checking account. I took me off. So here, here's the insurance policy. I got my own. Yeah. Here, here's the checking account. I'll get my there, own. There, there wasn't any, there was hardly anything in it. It's like, I already had my own checking, yeah. my own checking account so that I didn't have to worry. And I had, like I said, I, I got my own phone so that he could call. I never, ever restricted his access to the kids. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about why. Because I, I don't, with my girls, either except visits have to be supervised. Um, and he's not allowed, like, if they spend the night at a grandma's house, I am not okay with him being there. He has to go to somewhere else to sleep and then come, you know. Um, but a lot of people are like, why didn't you just take his rights away right away? And tell me a little bit about why you always kept that line of communication open or that option open for your kids. Because I, even though I didn't like him, mm -hmm. I felt that they needed to have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. My son wanted no relationship mm -hmm. with him whatsoever. And when he got older, he threatened. He, I don't know if he left a message on his phone or something and said, if you don't come and see me within such and such a period of time, I'm going to write you out of my will. Not that I think he had there's anything. There probably wasn't a whole lot going on in there, but okay. But so he he did see him, and my my son mm -hmm. lives in North Carolina now. So mm -hmm. he's his father goes down to the the beach, and he will take our grandkids with him, maybe every other year, something like that. Mm -hmm. And when he's down there, then my son and daughter-in-law will get a separate place to stay, so that they can see him. Yeah, I I um. I thought really hard about when the girls get bigger or when they do get to be 14, 15, 16 and mom is the enemy. I never wanted them to feel like I kept them from him so that he would be some enticing mystery that they could go. Yep. And, well, mom's a bitch. Let's go see dad. We're never allowed to see, you know, and I always well, figured let them make their own choices. See, my, my daughter said that she would come live with us, uh, but she wanted to go to school in Warren. Mm -hmm. And I said, we live in Lander. Yeah. I said, there's a school a mile and a half mm -hmm. away. I said, no, you're not going to Warren because she skipped school yeah. all the time. Yeah. Constantly. Uh, and back then. How are you going to skip school in Lander? There's nowhere to go. You just go hang out with the cows. Said, I'm not going to school. <laughs> if you're living with us, you're going to school in, in Lander. Yeah. And she didn't want to do that. She probably that. And the summer that she stayed with us, she got a whole bunch of mail. And it was like they were all coming from Laura Bauer's office, like one after another. I mean, it, she Crazy. had skipped 56 oh. days. Thank God back then they didn't throw parents in jail yeah. for it because I think they do now. Well, my dad had to go to a hearing in front of Laura Bauer and I had to um, let her know that he did not need to be there. It was my fault. I was the one who chose. He, You know, he did everything he was supposed to do, but we had to go to a hearing and they... We're like, why is your kid never in school? You know, well, they took her driver's license away so for couldn't... every single one. She ended up having her driver's license suspended before she ever got it oh, no. until she was 26 oh, years old. Oh, my God. Wow. They were not playing, were they? No. And Laura Bauer, you know, we went and talked to her. and She said, well, this was a mistake. There weren't supposed to be that many of them sent. Mm -hmm. She said, you pay your fines and I'll get it fixed. And I told her, I said, I'm not paying your fines. No. I've paid enough of your fines for everything else you've done. Yeah. I said, I'm not paying them. Yeah. So she didn't get her driver's license until she was 26. 26. She was like, 
seven months pregnant when oh, she no. got her driver's <laughs> license. Oh, yeah. I don't, they never took my driver's license or anything. I think, I don't remember what the consequence was, but I do remember having to sit there and my dad, I felt so bad now when I think about it. My poor dad had to take a day off work and go to Laura Bauer's office because I wouldn't go to freaking school, you know? Yeah. The bus <laughs> would take her to school. She'd get off the bus. And leave. And leave. Yep. And she wouldn't, she wasn't going to be able to do that in Lander. Lander wouldn't be a good choice. So no, she didn't, she didn't go to school. No. And she ended up dropping out of school during her senior year. Mm -hmm. She got her GED. Mm -hmm. She's a very intelligent person. Oh yeah. I think a lot of those cases are very smart kids. I think about the kids that I got into trouble with in, in high school and all of them were very, very intelligent, but they didn't do well with the way that it was structured or whatever it was. It didn't. Bring out the best in them. <laughs> in us. <laughs> but, you know, when back then when kids were little, you know, they didn't have it as easy as we did because we could just go in, yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Show up at lunch and then not show. You had yeah. to show up when the whistle blew yeah. at 5 o'clock because the state whistle blew. And then you had to be home at dark. Yeah. So in June, July, yeah. it wasn't dark until really late. Yeah, 9, 9.30 at night. And there were kids ran in packs, mm-hmm. and in North Warren was a perfect place for oh, kids yeah. to grow up. It was it was really good. It was a nice contained little area, but there were places to go off and explore. And yep, because when they got older, they were allowed to cross mm-hmm. to go over the Dairy Queen or go over or to over and play uh, the playground over there. Yep. Or go play in the creek. Yeah, go play in the yep. All the things I used to do. Yep, <laughs> I remember growing up there. It was cool. But we didn't move to, to North Warren until I was yeah, close to probably 12, 13, so, but, and then I started going off the rails at 14, so I wasn't doing a lot of playing in the creek anymore. (laughs) Well, we moved when, in 86, so my daughter had just finished first grade, or kindergarten Mm -hmm. at at Russell, because Scandia kids went to kindergarten in Russell, but then they went to grade school in Scandia, Mm -hmm. and my son had just finished second grade at Scandia. So, the, this, you know, them moving to where there were kids to play with yeah. and stuff like that. I bet that was a big help for them in this situation yep. when they've got this at home. It was probably really nice for them to have kids to go hang out with and somewhere to get away. Yes. What would you say to someone who's going through it now, looking back, um, at what point would you say it's time to do something? Because you second verbal abuse. The verbal abuse. You don't have to put up with that verbal Mm -hmm. abuse. Some people say, but he's never hit me. That Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. The verbal abuse of putting you Mm -hmm. down, you don't have to put up with it. No. And, you know, there's people that think verbal abuse isn't anything, but they're wrong. Um, And the safe place was awesome. You had a good experience with them. I had a very good experience with the safe place. Was it Terry Allison then, too? Yeah. Yes, it was. And they had. An 800 number that you could call yeah. so that somebody picked up that phone no matter what time. Yeah. Yep. And did you have other, um, did you get other services from them? I know they helped you get somewhere safe that night. Did you continue no, to use? No, I, did, I didn't. I didn't continue into, I never went into counseling. Mm-hmm. I never went into anything else mm-hmm. because by that point, I knew this isn't how I grew up. This isn't how I was treated. This isn't how my father treated my mother or mm-hmm. other people yeah. treat. 
And until my daughter went off the rails, <laughs> the household was so much calmer. And so do you still, you still see them when you have to be around your grandkids or Yes, as like a matter that. of fact, I'm going to a 13-year-old oh, you're on a bowling birthday party, birthday party today, uh, which means that your grandfather will be there. Wow. And what is it like when you guys see each other? Is there anything? Like, do you have any kind of interactions? Are you pleasant to each other, or do you just ignore each I'll, other? I'll say hello, and now mo- he used to, he he wanted me to be Facebook friends. Like, <laughs> really? Decline. No. Decline. Um, I'm friendly with his wife, but now... Thank God he basically just ignores me. And if he has to interact or needs, like with Cub Scouts, something like that, wants to put a parent's, if he's not available or my daughter's not available and Mm -hmm. he can't do it, he uses my sister. So that way I don't have to talk to him. That's good, though, that you guys can, that you can still, it hasn't fractured your family. You can still go to this birthday party and you can still be a part of everything. And and so can he, but you guys don't need to have, you know. We we don't have, we do not have to interact much. Mm, that's good. And I, I like that fact. Did you talk I, to your kids about the abuse? Like when they were witnessing it, when they were little, like when you guys were in Scandia, did you have conversation? Did they ask questions and what would they ask? They, they, they would say things to me like, daddy threw you off the porch and I'd say he did and he shouldn't do that. That's mm-hmm. not how, how people should be. It's, I still keep thinking if I had left sooner, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been subjected to it. So that is the one thing that I thought, if I had left sooner, my kids wouldn't have been subjected to it. But I didn't have the balls to do yeah, it. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, you... When you're scared, you're mm-hmm. scared. And it is scary. And you're think, dominated. And I think people who have never been through it don't realize. They think, I'd be angry. I'd be pissed right off. And I'd do something about it. But you don't know what you would do. Because when you get to a point, when it escalates to that point... You've already been broken down systematically, you know? So, I don't know. I get disgusted when people say, well, why wouldn't you just leave? You can't. You don't know how. You have to know what the situation is. Mm -hmm. But I have told people who I have talked to, I have said, I have told them, I said, you don't have to deal with that. And if you need help. There's always a safe place. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. come talk to me. I've always said that to you. If anybody has anything that they just need to have someone bear witness to, whatever it is that they're going through, I'll sit here and listen. And so many people need that, and there's no really outlet for it. Yep. Thank goodness nowadays, back then, if somebody had a protection from abuse against somebody, it would be on their record. Or it, it Well, now it would be on their now record. It is. Back then, it wasn't. So it just went away after however much time. Because he... Like I said, he's a, a Boy Scout leader, Cub Scout leader, and you have to go through your clearances. Background checks, yeah. And it's like, how did he clear that? But they didn't put PFAs or anything like that on. No, they they, they would have nowadays. Uh, they they would have put him in jail mm-hmm. for his his nice little phone call that yeah. he left to work. <laughs> oh. And my husband would say, my now husband would say, this is when we were still dating. He'd say, what is the one thing you want out of this? And I say, he goes, he goes, what's the one thing you want out of this divorce? I said, I just want out of it. I just want, he goes, so if he takes everything, mm-hmm. we don't care. We can buy, he goes, yeah. it's things. We can buy new things. Was he supportive? He, I mean, he must have been. Through- he was. And I, I never would have made it through the teenage years with my daughter. Um, 
through all the crap that my ex put me through, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have made it through it without my husband. No. You don't think so? My, my current husband, no. Mm-hmm. And that's because part of he was scary. so supportive. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's part of what's scary. That's, I think, why a lot of people don't leave. There's no one that they can picture being able to call when they've already left, but it's getting really hard, you know? It's, it's who are you going to have to support you emotionally more than anything else? And, and he just showed up out of, out of the blue. The best ones always do. Yeah. They, you never go looking for the good ones. They always just wind up. Do you look back on it and have regrets or do you look back on it and feel thankful that it's over? I'm so thankful that it's over. Um, my only regret was not leaving earlier, but when I look at the situation and how afraid I was of him, you couldn't have. I, I couldn't have done it anyways. Yeah. Uh, without it, I wouldn't have my kids or my grandkids. Yeah. So I can't regret it. I can just regret the situation. Well, I think that's a healthy way to look at it. You know, separate the situation from you. You, you know, you did what you could with what what you had to work with. You know. Yep. Well, and I became was... a stronger person. Yeah. I'm way. I came out of it way stronger. One of the scariest times in an abusive relationship is when you start to truly lose touch with that part of yourself that's willing to fight for what you can see intellectually to be a devolving situation. Carrie never lost that part of herself, and that's one of the reasons that she had the wisdom to make small gains for herself every day. She stood up for herself where she had to, but more importantly, she allowed herself the presence of mind to quietly set aside resources in the downtimes. It's part of how she was able to make those hard decisions when the times came. If Carrie's situation sounds familiar to you, Visit 211.org and be connected with local resources based on your situation. If you liked what you heard today, come back next week for a new episode. And in the meantime, share this episode with someone you think might like it too. The music for this podcast was written and produced by my father, Bob Gross, on his goddamn electric ukulele. I'm Stacey Gross, and this has been Two Moms Day Drinking. See you next week.